Welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage. This podcast is dedicated to helping attorneys earn more money, get better clients, and spend more time with family. I'm your host, Alej Yajnik, founder of Law Firm Success Group. Smart business guidance for small law firms begins in three, two, one. And it's my pleasure to welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage, Ryan Kimler, owner of Net Profit CFO. Ryan, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Very well. Looking forward to it. Well, me too. I really enjoyed our first conversation. Really looking forward to chatting here today. Um, I love what you do for law firms, but why don't you tell our listeners just a little bit about what you do before we jump into the Q&A? Sure, absolutely. So I have a background in accounting and finance. I have degrees in accounting and finance. And um, our firm, we specialize in working with law firms, um, everything from um, their bookkeeping and, and general ledger accounting, um, all the way up to providing an outside CFO, um, which is the work that I handle it and do personally. Yeah. And I know I can already hear it from my audience. <clears throat> oh my God, he's going to talk about accounting. I'm I'm listening to this while I'm driving. This is going to put me to sleep. But you know, accounting doesn't have to be that way because accounting is also all about making money. And uh, Ryan, I was wondering, we did not talk about this in advance, but um, as we get into it, I'd love for you to feature maybe some examples of how you've helped some clients. But before we go there, um, it's outsourced law firm CFO. And I know CFO means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Um, what does a law firm CFO do? Great question. Yeah. So a lot of people, when they hear the words or the term or the letter CFO, their mind probably jumps to big company, right? Google, Apple, Coca-Cola, well, all those companies have CFOs. And, and probably one of the first things that comes to mind is, well, I'm just a small law firm. I don't really need a CFO. Um, but really, you know, a CFO's job is Number one, it's strategic. They help you see where you're going and kind of forecast forward. Um, and it ha- that happens to be around your finances. And really their job is to analyze you know, the strengths and weaknesses of a business from a financials perspective. Um, and they're really focused on profit and cash flow. Um, for, you know, and, and so when you're, they're at a law firm, I mean, they're focused on the profit and cash flow of that law firm. Um, which is really important for any law firm, no matter the size. So you don't have to be as big as Google to really need and and use and benefit, you know, from the service of a CFO. Well, profit and cash flow are two things that are you know music to my audience's ears, but they've probably never heard of a CFO at a law firm really of any size. And so um, when you come down from that, you know, that that Google, that big corporate perspective or that startup perspective, which is where I saw it, it's all about raising funds and managing the treasury, all the way down to a small law firm. Tell me a little bit about some of the challenges that law firm owners are dealing with when they bring you in. Sure, absolutely. So I think one of the, one of the first things and, and one of the biggest ones is not having a financial scoreboard. You know, most of the attorneys that I talk to don't have a scoreboard around 10 or so of their key important numbers. Okay. I'm going to pause you right there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, financial scoreboard. Tell us more about that. Sure. Absolutely. So, you know, it's really, really crucial. You know, when I, most of the time when I get into talking finances with attorneys, as far as it goes is their, their revenue, right? They're looking at top line and a lot of attorneys, they judge their year based on their top line. 
Um, but what we really do is, and what's really important is to have a scoreboard that you can look at on a, at least a monthly basis to see where your numbers are and compare them to where you want to be. If you don't know, if you don't have a scoreboard, how do you know whether or not you're winning the game? How do you know whether or not if, if you're where you want to be? Um, and so, you know, even something simple, you know, that's color coordinated, that's really easy to look at and see, um, that's not financials, not digging through a bunch of numbers. It pulls out, you know, 10 key numbers. That's a snapshot of your business. Um, and like I said, that's color coordinated. And usually there's probably one or two numbers on there that need some fixing. And that scoreboard then gives you direction on what you need to go do next over the next 30 days. That sounds like a terrific idea. And it might be a bit of a foreign concept for uh, our listeners. So um, what are, well, let me actually take a step back before we get into what are some of those numbers. Um, what is the impact? So pay me a picture of a law firm owner's perspective kind of before they start working with you and then how things have changed for them and how their view of their firm has changed for them maybe after they've worked with you for a few months. Sure. So one of the biggest things is they just get a better idea of what's working and what's not in their business um, because of that scoreboard, because they can, you know, it really brings their attention and they can really see um, when they're making changes in their practice, what that does to the numbers. So it's not, you know, no longer flying. They're no longer flying blind, so to speak. Um, they can really see what, what their actions, you know, the actions that they take, how that impacts their finances. And so they really see the results on the back end. I think that's absolutely terrific. And we've talked about how it's such a great compliment with a lot of the other coaching that uh, that we do. So I'm looking forward to partnering with you, you know, maybe down the road. But as you know, an, an attorney entrepreneur, if you're listening to that and you don't run your law firm that way, you don't run it based on profitability or cash flow. Instead, maybe you're running it based on um, what appointments are on your calendar, or you're running it based on even worse, your inbox, whatever emails and phone calls you receive during the day. Uh, this is an opportunity for you to completely change the way that you look at your business. And that's a lot about what business coaching is, whether you know, you're working with our group at Law Firm Success Group or you're working with Ryan. It's all about having a different perspective on your firm. And that takes a little bit of time. Uh, you're going to need to free up some time during the day. And that can get really, really hard because time is our most precious asset, right? Can't get more time. Can't, you can't buy more time. Can't save it up. Once it's gone, it's gone forever. So time is without a doubt our most precious asset. And so uh, for those of you that are spending maybe more time kind of having the firm run you instead of running your firm, think about hiring an assistant. Um, and it doesn't have to be someone in person. Um, think about hiring a virtual assistant. And I'm not talking about someone who's you know, in a different time zone, who's working at night while you're awake, but someone who's actually in your time zone, who speaks English, who's a member of your firm, who's dedicated to you full time. And someone that you can get for a fraction of the cost of, of hiring someone on your own. And uh, that's what uh, Get Staffed Up does. Uh, they're founded by attorneys for attorneys to sponsor the show. I refer clients to them all the time. Um, they've placed hundreds of admin assistants with firms across the country. And because they're lawyers, they know what they're looking for in candidates. And really critically, they know how to take that experience where you're wondering how you can get a virtual assistant to even work in your firm. They figure that out. So they will show you how to make that virtual assistant experience work for you and your firm. Their founder has been a guest on the show before, and uh, he still runs his own law firm. 
He's a managing partner. He has 11 attorneys and he has virtual staff provided by Get Staffed Up. So if you're interested in freeing up your time and taking a different approach to how you uh, run your firm, check them out at GetStaffedUp.com. So Ryan, as we're talking about time, um, I'd like to hear a little bit about these financial indicators that you came up with, because oftentimes what I'm hearing from people is they don't have the time to invest in the tools that they need to free up their time. So they're kind of caught in this you know, chicken and egg kind of problem. And I would think that financial scoreboard could really help them. So what are some of the numbers they should be looking at? Sure, absolutely. So at a minimum, these are kind of the nine, I can narrow it down to nine numbers um, for your audience. Um, so five of them come from your income statement or profit and loss. Um, so number one is revenue, right? Probably everybody in your audience knows that. Uh, number two is cost of sales. Now, cost of sales is really, really interesting when you talk about law firms because most people, when they think cost of sales, they think of a product business that, well, cost of sales is the inventory that I had to go and purchase and sell. Um, But actually, it's really helpful if you are hiring outside attorneys to complete cases, if you are hiring, you know, I guess, contract attorneys, um, or if you're running pay-per-click ads in order to get cases into your law firm. Those are direct costs or cost of goods sold to getting the next case for your law firm. Or on the attorney hire side, those are direct costs of servicing that case. And so keeping track of your cost of goods sold and putting those couple of things in cost of goods sold um, is really can be really, really impactful and really, really insightful. Um, and then, you know, getting down to the expense side, I like to see really three big overall buckets. One is payroll. Um, which is typically the largest and and most important to watch. Uh, two is then marketing, and three is all over all other overhead. Um, so when you start with your revenue, you take out costs of goods sold in those three expenses. That gets you down to your net profit. And so by watching these five numbers, um, <clears throat> you can set goals for them and and make sure that they're staying in line, and you know where your profit number is going to come out. Not just hey, I want to add. in revenue in new cases, it's, well, if you're going to add that $500,000, you know how much net profit should be coming out at the bottom, which is really, really important. Um, And then the other four that I think are really important for attorneys come from your balance sheet. And these four really drive cash flow. So the first one is AR, change in AR, um, which I'm sure, you know, attorneys are familiar with. They probably have heard a lot of financial professionals harp a lot. So I won't uh, won't go down that road there. No, but, no, um, by all means, go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why we talk about it all the time. Sure. So AR, you know, is is really, you know, I mean, it's what your clients owe you um, and, and should be a really easy place. And one of the first places you should go to get quick, easy money if you're ever in a cash crunch. Um, it would be calling those clients and and working out payment plans or, you know, working out settlements if you have to, if you've got really old stuff, what, whatever the case may be. Um, but tracking that AR and, and making sure that given you know your revenue level, you can, again, kind of set a target for your AR and watch the trend line on it. And it shouldn't be getting, it shouldn't be growing, right? It shouldn't be continually growing. If it is, you've, you've got a collection problem. Um, so the second number then would be changing all other assets. Assets are, you know, usually this isn't going to happen too often in a law firm, but maybe you go out and buy like 10 computers, you know, new computers for your staff. You know, obviously that's a big purchase, big asset. Um, if you're buying a building, if you're buying your own building, um, I mean, that's obviously the bigger firms and rare, but 
Um, but change in assets, you know, those assets are going to take cash flow. Um, and then change in liabilities, loans. So I know probably a lot of firms out there that are your listeners, they've probably taken on, you know, small business loans, right? From COVID, probably EIDL loans, um, PPPs probably forgiven, but um, any change in, in debt um, is really, really key to track. Um, because again, that debt really takes your cash flow. Um, and then changes in equity. Um, the most common thing there is going to be owner's distributions or owner's draws um, if, if they're not on payroll. So, you know, when you can track the changes in those four numbers, um, again, if you can get down to your net profit, then track the changes in those four numbers and you get down to your net cash flow, um, which is really important. That, that determines whether or not your bank balance is growing year over year. Yeah. And Ryan, thank you for mentioning that because I hear time and time again, people focus on focusing on net profit. And that is absolutely critical. And one of the numbers you look at, but net cash flow, I mean, that's what pays the bills. And that's a reflection of how much an attorney is pulling out of the firm. That's really where it's at. So um, I love how your perspective is that full financial picture, but if an attorney has to come up with those numbers on their own, if they're super savvy, you know, they may be able to do that. But for the most part, attorneys are great at practicing law and they're you know, good at getting clients. And so, you know, I, I really kind of look at what you're doing is kind of giving them a shortcut to looking at their view, uh, looking at the firm with a financial view. And so just maybe share with us a little bit about how you are dealing, you know, when you work with a client, um, how much work do they have to do to put these numbers together and understand what they mean? And how much work do you do to make sure that those numbers are presented to them and then get, and then actions get taken appropriately. Yep. So when I work with a client, uh, first and foremost, um, in order for, for, to do the CFO job and to have the appropriate numbers, you've got to have bookkeeping, right? Which is a completely different job and it is rear facing. It is, you know, looking back, but you do have to have good bookkeeping processes in place in order to produce good financial statements. If we don't have good data in the CFO's job is really, really hard. Um, and, and your job as an owner would be really, really hard because um, you're looking at bad data. So that's the first thing. And, and that's definitely part of our process is making sure that you have those processes in place and, and helping your bookkeeper along um, to make sure that they're in, that they're in a good place. Uh, but beyond that, you know, once I've got the bookkeeper up and running and, and we've, we've got good data and we're getting financial statements on a consistent, timely basis, um, I keep my client's involvement down to an hour a month. Um, you know, as an attorney, you're, as you talked about a little bit earlier in this podcast, time is super, super important. Um, and me being the financial professional, you know, I take all their numbers and I take their statements, build out their scoreboard, build out their dashboard, um, build them a forecast so they see where they're going. And then, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, usually after I've built the scoreboard, there's one or two numbers that are just not on target. They're just, they're not doing well they need some corrective action. Um, and so then what typically the majority of the calls with my clients is going over is, okay, here are your two numbers that are off, right? Let's set some high overall objectives on, on what needs to change this number. And then also dive into, well, what are the next steps that need to happen in the next 30 days to really change that number and move, pull the lever net profit wise or cash flow wise, right? And um, so that's what the majority of our time is spent while we're on the call. And then, you know, when when my clients leave the call, they get two one pagers. They get their scoreboard, which I limit to ten number. Try to limit to ten numbers or less. 
so that they can see where their numbers are. They can see the areas that they're in green and, and the areas that are in yellow or red. And then they get their action plan, which is what we put together. Um, and, and one other thing I would say about the action plan too is, you know, a lot of times when I'm working with a client, you know, I'll tell them what number is off and, and we'll set the objective and the next steps. And they want to dive right in and go fix it. And a lot of times it's not their job to go fix it. They've got someone on their staff that's really responsible for that number. And so part of the action plan too is assigning responsibility and a due date for when you want your staff member to have these actions done so that the number can move and it's not all on the owner. Um, and especially, you know, I mean, you have so many hats that you wear already um, and you've got so many activities that you could be doing in a day. Um, and so if it's not your job to do, I really try to keep my clients out of it and, and delegate it to the appropriate person on their staff. Fantastic. I love that. Speaking of, you know, being one owner and, you know, wearing multiple hats, um, you know, we, we want you to be relatable to our listeners too. And that's talking about some of the challenges you might be dealing with. And one of the big issues that you mentioned to me is working fewer hours and taking more time off. So tell, tell us a little bit about that situation for you. Sure. Yeah. So I, so I am a solo owner myself. Um, one of the things that I am excited about is I am trending towards getting ready to hire my first um, CFO um, because I am, you know, approaching where I, I am reaching my own capacity. Um, but yeah, always, always a challenge for me to, you know, continue to do these marketing type activities, right? Do the podcast, be involved on LinkedIn. Um, and then also, you know, fulfill on client fulfillment and, and client kickoffs. Um, and, and especially, you know, my pipeline just always seems to be full and continues to get even busier. Um, so, you know, kind of walking clients through that pipeline and, and making sure that I follow up with everybody. Um, you know, honestly, I, I try not to leave a meeting with a potential client without setting our next appointment because in all likelihood, I just know that if that happens, it, it'll probably fall off my radar, right? And I'll probably forget just because I have so many other things going on. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's definitely, definitely a challenge. Um, and, and part of it too, is I definitely, you know, I enjoy being in the trenches. I love helping clients, love helping them, you know, have a scoreboard and, and put together an action plan so that they're headed towards their goals. Um, so there, you know, there's times that it's hard for me to walk away from work because <laughs> I like it. That's great. It's good to love what you do. I do. I do definitely have a passion about it. So yeah, so always a challenge, you know, my wife is on me of, you know, all the time of, Hey, you know, I need time too. So <laughs> yeah, yes. I'm sure she does. So uh, tell me about the time off piece. Uh, by the way, congrats on, on being on the verge of making your first hire. That is fantastic news. Absolutely. Yeah. So how much time would you like to take off and how much time are you taking off now? Oh boy, man. If I think if I could get to a place where I am taking every weekend day off, that would be a win for me. And, and probably the majority of weeknights too, if I could get, let's just say three out of week, three weeknights out of five, if I could get those off, man, that would, that would be a win be for cool. me. What, what do you find gets in the way of that? Man, I'm just wearing so many hats, you know, and, and, you know, I, I love di diving in and doing the client work and, and, you know, meeting deadlines and, and those kind of things. Um, and then I realized, shoot. I didn't do anything for marketing in my own business today, right? And and then it's like, well, I can't just let that go by the wayside, right? And so then I kind of scramble ah, around. That's and, it. That's it. You just said it. You can't let it go by the wayside. Yep. But what would happen if you did just for like a day? 
I'd probably be all right. Yeah, probably. You know, <laughs> I probably would. I probably would be all right. You know, I just, yeah, I just, I, I guess I, I do. I have that. I have that drive. I have that worth that work ethic. I just, I've got a consideration about it. If I'm not getting it done, I feel like, I feel like it's, you know, that I didn't get all the day's work done and it's missing, you know, but, uh, but yeah, it doesn't have to be that way. You're right. Doesn't, there's an exercise to do with our clients called uh, it's called a, a diamond map. And it, there's other versions, which is like, um, was it um, wheel of life is another one, but basically uh, the diamond map, you basically measure yourself across four different areas. Um, career, career success, uh, financial independent, financial independence, excuse me, uh, health and wellness, and then family and relationships. You score yourself on a scale of one to 10. And, um, it's pretty interesting if you do that exercise. And for those of you that are listening, you can do this at home. Uh, you just get a piece of paper, do a quick cross on it. The four axes are again, um, career success, financial independence, uh, health and wellness and family and relationships. And you just give yourself a score where you are right now. It's like a 10 second thing. Don't overanalyze it. Where are you in each of those areas on a one to 10, a scale of one to 10. Um, And then you can really see the areas where you're doing really well and the areas where you might be really lacking. And then you can ask yourself the question, well, if those are my scores now, where do I want them to be? For some people, they're like, oh, I want tens all, all around. Other people don't want that. They want something else, but whatever it is, you figure out what your scores, what you want your scores to be. And just like what you do, Ryan, with your financial scoreboard, you've got where you are, you've got where you want to be. And now you can figure out an action plan to get from you know point A to point B. Um, and you can do that in all for all key areas of your life. So absolutely. Yeah. My my coach the other day, or one of one of my coaches, uh, challenged me. She said, Ryan, if you had to take a piece of paper. And write down the two most important things that you have to get done, and everything else has has to go by the wayside, like you said, and everything else has to wait. You know what would they be? And and I told her, and she's like, okay, those are the two things that you're going to do in the next two weeks. Everything else is is off the table. I was like, okay. She's like, we're going to come back to this list in the next after two weeks is done, and um, we're going to see if if the things that are not on here have really impacted you and your business and your family. I said, okay. So my podcast was one of your two things to get done. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's absolutely. awesome. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, and 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 the other thing is I've, I'm working on a um, working on a little mini kind of a mini training, maybe a mini round table. I don't know what I'm going to call it yet, but a little bit of a presentation, a little bit of a conversation that I want to invite you know a handful of attorneys to and get some feedback and help them build some financial systems and. So um, I'll definitely keep Very you cool. and your audience posted on that. Please do. So I think you anticipated my question, which was, uh, what are you looking forward to for the next 12 to 18 months? But sounds like that's it. For sure. Yeah, I'm definitely, yes. Um, looking forward to, you know, I've got, I've got some ideas in my head for a little kind of micro training slash round table um, that I could invite some attorneys to that are not my clients yet, but, um, you know, have the conversation, get some feedback from them on, you know, what's it like to, you know, be a law firm owner and, and not have, you know, the financial guidance from like a CFO and what are the things that you struggle with? And, um, you know, what, what systems can I give you that are easy that you can implement into your business to make that situation better? And yeah, I'm super excited for the opportunity to do that. Um, that sounds I fantastic. I, I, it, um, I, I wish I could take credit for the idea. 
Um, but I did get it from one of my coaches and, and I absolutely, you know, they, they mentioned it to me and I absolutely love the idea. And I was like, Holy cow, I, I really want to chase that and really want to do that. So, um, it is in the pipeline. It is something that I'm working on and, um, I am really looking forward to it. And, and if it goes well, it might be something that I, you know, do on like a quarterly basis, you know, moving forward. Um, so we'll, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. And, and then of course, as we talk to getting ready to hire another CFO. So that, I mean, that's super exciting for me make, make my first hire, um, and, um, help, have them help me with fulfillment. Um, you know, super, super exciting for me. Absolutely. And, and Ryan, if people want to connect with you, um, who are listening to the, this episode right now, what's the best way for them to do that? Sure. Absolutely. So first thing is if you type my name, Ryan Kimler, that's K I M L E R into Google. One of the first things that's going to come up is LinkedIn. Um, I am very active on LinkedIn. You can add me, message me. Um, that's definitely a great place. Second would be um, my website, netprofitcfo.com. Um, and then I also have a second website, financialclarityllc.com. Um, and then you can email me at ryan at financialclarityllc.com. Um, so either one, any of those methods, you can find me on Facebook too. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm sure your audience will be able to find me. Awesome. Ryan, thank you so much for being on the show. Really appreciate your insights today. Absolutely. Uh, it was that, my pleasure. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Everyone, that's Ryan Kimler with Net Profit CFO. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Lawyer Business Advantage podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. And I want to hear from you. So connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think of this episode. And if you are a solo or an owner of a small law firm, and you're looking to earn more money, attract better clients, or reduce your stress, we would love to talk with you to see how we can help. Request your free law firm assessment by visiting lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. Again, that URL is lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. We look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. My name is Ale Yajnik. Until next time, remember, you can seize freedom. You can embrace happiness. You can build your perfect practice.